G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. It's Alan Lee here on 2020. And Compassion Sunday is coming up in just over a month, which you'll remember is when churches and individuals around Australia are encouraged to consider sponsoring a child with compassion. Well, Amy Lanham is the Communications Manager at Compassion Australia, and she's our guest on 2020 today. Amy, uh, very good day to you. Hi, how are you doing, Alan? I'm very well. Now, it's actually a slightly strange day for you, isn't it? Because uh, it's actually your last day with Compassion. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I've got a fair bit going on, but no, it's, it's a very good last day. Um, well, I'm very glad that you, you've spared us an hour or so to be with us. And no, uh, if anyone listening has got any questions that they'd like to ask on the subject of child sponsorship or Compassion Sunday, or you've, uh, you'd like to contribute to the conversation, maybe tell us a bit about your own experience, we would love to hear from you. You can call our talkback line on 1-800-880-876. Young Matt is standing by for you. I say young, <laughs> youngish. Matt is standing by for you, or of course you can join the conversation at Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, so, Amy, Compassion Sunday, it's August the 3rd, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. And it's a fantastic day for churches all around Australia to get involved in having kids sponsored, which is a fantastic opportunity. And it means that people in their own church can promote it. So, you've got first hand testimonies from people about the success of child sponsorship and not just what it's meant for their sponsored child, but what it means for them as well. So the the plans, it, it's about individuals, but it's about churches as well. It's about communities. Yeah, exactly. Um, Compassion works with churches in the in the countries that we work with overseas. But it's really nice to see. We almost mirror that here because we work with a lot of churches here with church pastors, church leaders, and entire congregations are getting together and sponsoring children from particular countries. So Compassion Sunday is a great opportunity for those in the congregation who are already sponsors to, to just talk about their own experience, what it was that got them interested in sponsorship, what it was that that, um, that moved them towards compassion and the way that compassion works. Compassion's got a very unique model of sponsorship. Um, you, it, it truly is um, one-to-one sponsorship. You can go to the country where your sponsored child is, you can visit them, you can see the work that takes place. But it's not always possible for everybody to do that. So Compassion Sunday is kind of a, a chance to, to travel without having to get on a plane <laughs> and and see what's happening with with a select group of people from the church who may want to present and they can actually talk about their sponsored children. And oftentimes they have been to the field and they have seen the work that Compassion does so they can talk firsthand about it. It doesn't actually have to be on August the 3rd, does it? You can actually... Um... Oh, no, you can run Compassion Sunday, whatever Sunday you would like to do it. You can have a Compassion Wednesday if you want to <laughs> as well. That's fine. But most churches happen on Sunday. So, yeah, any any time of the year you can contact Compassion just by uh, phoning up um, 1300 or visiting our website and just emailing and um, an information pack can be sent through to you. So when someone does that and they contact you, what happens then? So so you send them this, this resource pack. So what, what's in that? Yeah. 
the, the initial resource pack is for the person who's inquired because it's often not um, the church pastor that inquires. Often it's church congregation members who are sponsors who are really passionate. Church pastors we know are busy. They've got lots of things on their plate. So this pack is for congregation members to go and talk to their pastor or church leader about what Compassion Sunday is all about because obviously you need to have that space in the calendar to be able to run Compassion Sunday, which is why we like the date to be flexible as well. So that's what this initial pack is for. It's to introduce the concept and then further information is sent out once once a date has been agreed to and your church is all on board. And that will include even things like child profiles, which means that you could even sign up people for sponsorships on the day that you run the event, which is really exciting. Wow. Is it hard to, to get new sponsors aboard? Because it, it, it's a commitment. It, it's a real commitment, isn't it? it it's yeah, not it something is. you can just sort of, oh, I don't think I'll do it this month. You actually have to really commit yourself to it. Yeah, you do. It, it is a really big commitment, and um, we don't sort of shirk around that. We we understand that it is it is big, and that for some of our sponsors, it's it's particularly hard as well, and they're they're still contributing, and we are we are very very humbled by that by some of the stories that come through with our supporters who on sponsoring even when things are, are hard we it, it really um blesses us in the compassion office definitely um but for people who may not who may not be sure about sponsorship or who don't want the, the long-term commitment we often have children particularly older children who've lost sponsors for various reasons and if if people only want their sponsorship contribution to be for a short time then some of these older children are in need of sponsorship and that might be a one, two, three-year commitment rather than a seven, eight, nine, ten-year commitment. <laughs> so there are other options there for people too who just want to try this out and see, see if sponsorship is everything that we say it is. I suppose that, that's, that's what might put people off is the thought that uh, I am tied now to this this person who is in need and I'm mm-hmm. tied to them now for the next ten years and who knows what the next ten years might hold yeah. for us. Yeah. I can understand a reluctance to, to make that sort of long-term commitment. Yeah, oh, I absolutely understand it as well. But then I think with anything worth, worth having, like you, look, even at just relationships with friends here in Australia, they take work and they take time and it's like compassion. Like we encourage letter writing with your sponsored child. We encourage you to visit the visit their sponsored child if you can. Um, obviously, that's not possible for everybody, but... But definitely the letter writing, you can form relationships with these, these sponsored children. You can encourage them. And I, I don't think it's, it's always apparent to us just how, how deep our financial commitment goes into making a difference in their life and the way they view themselves. For these kids who may not have a lot of attention given to them at all, it's not just about living in poverty. It's, it's about not feeling valued. It's not about not feeling worth. And just the fact that someone has chosen them can immediately do something wonderful for their self-esteem. And then to know that that person is sticking by them and sticking by them for 10 years, sometimes more. Um, the stories we get from children on the in, in these countries who have graduated now, it's just overwhelming what they say about how much that, that commitment means to them. So I would definitely encourage people to pray about it because, yeah, it's a big commitment, but I think a lot of things worth having are big commitments. <laughs> One of the things you took about on the website, which I thought was quite interesting and, and slightly unexpected, uh, you talk about Compassion Sunday, deepening prayer, worship and ministry, which yeah. isn't the first thing that, that perhaps comes to mind. No, no, it isn't. But we understand that not everyone can sponsor a child or maybe people are already sponsoring and that commitment is, is a big financial commitment for them. So 
to prayer and worship are a huge part of what we encourage with people. I'm praying for these facilities. We don't know how powerful our prayers are. We really don't. Um, these, these people are living not just in, in poverty-stricken communities, but we get disaster reports coming through our office every week about earthquakes or mud floods and, and just to think people live there with no safety net um, is pretty shocking. So to know that compassion is their safety net and to know that the prayers are going up from people all around the world um, to protect these, these church-based projects where these kids uh, are, are coming each week and to protect these communities where these kids live in. I really don't think we know how much our prayer does. So, yeah, we, we really encourage that. There's many ways to give. It's not just financial. Um, prayer is huge. And so you can actually join our um, Compassion Prayer Partners Network. There's information about that on our website, and it means that you'll get monthly updates on specific prannies for kids around the world. And I guess as a church community, that, that is something that, that if an individual perhaps can't feel that, that they can sponsor someone, as a church community, they can be part of that support network. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And there's also the option too of becoming a correspondent for a child. So there's many reasons why people can't write to their sponsored child, but letters are really powerful. We've had some research done which has really shown us how powerful letters are. So there are some people that have said, look, I, I'm struggling to write for various reasons. Could someone write on my behalf? So if anyone would like to be a correspondent, uh, you can also contact Compassion and put that request in and we can team you up with somebody. So you can start writing to a child you don't financially contribute to, but you're still blessing them. How difficult is it to to um, maintain the sponsorship once one is underway? Do, do you, as an organisation, police it and and remind people every now and then that, that they they need to be doing their, their bit? Or do you not find that's an issue? No, yeah, we, we do find it an issue. Um, we have a cancellation rate that's probably around 6 or 7 cents, which um, in terms of, of regular giving for a their not-for-profit organisation, it's, it's fairly small, it's a small mm. cancellation rate. But for us... Um, Sponsorship is our regular giving, so every cancellation is a child that's lost a sponsor. So we obviously want to try and keep that rate as low as possible. So um, yeah, we we do as much as possible. Try and keep in contact with people, try and encourage them to let them know we really appreciate what they're doing and what they're doing is making a difference. Um, but also we're we're not for profit, so we have to be we have to be very discerning about the way that we use funds, and it's a, it's a balance because we want to keep people informed, but we don't want to be over-informing them with, with, with too much information as well. So, yeah, it's something that we're constantly constantly working on. But particularly as children get closer to graduating from the program, we've really been looking at, at the best way to help ease people out of sponsorship. Um, sometimes children depart the program early as well. And we're looking at ways to just improve that process for supporters because we recognise that they've already given and it can be quite traumatic to think like this child I've sponsored for seven years has suddenly left the community and is now no longer available for sponsorship. And it can be really hard for supporters. So we really want to invest in those particular areas and make sure that the experience is a good one for them, despite the circumstances. It's something we know we need to improve on, but we've done a fair bit of work with that over the last couple of years. What happens to, to the children who, who've been sponsored when they, they reach the end? I mean, you, you talk about some of them sort of leaving the program early, but, but for, for the majority of them, what, what's, the, what's the progress? How does it work? Yeah, because Compassion's projects are all church-based, it means that 
regardless of whether or not these children are graduating with a job or with having finished secondary education, they, they're graduating and they're known and loved and protected by an entire church community. So I think sometimes we, we just think that they're being sent off and that's it. But there's a whole community, a church community around them who knows them. So it's really up to them what they choose to do with their life at that point. But compassion's main aim is to equip them so that they can be um, financially self-supporting. Um, they can go on to further study if they want to. And that's something that sponsors are not always aware of, is that they can give a graduation gift if, they, if they're in a position to do so, if they want to do so. Um, and this gift can be $1,000, and that $1,000 could help a child to do some further education if they want to go and do some further training, or it can help them put a deposit on a house, or to get married in some cases. So... Um, there are a lot more options out there and it, it's not a child left stranded. I think in many cases that's what's in people's minds. I know it was in my mind before I started sponsoring. So I was feeling really reassured when I went to, to these countries and I saw children who graduated and they're still in with their church community. They're, they're often helping out as volunteers at their community too and doing really well. Not all of them have gone to university, but they've, they've done their own training. They've set up their own businesses and, and it's, it's probably more just about them knowing that there's more opportunities for them than just often what their parents have. And you're listening to uh, Vision. It's 2020. Alan Lee standing in for Neil Johnson. We're talking about child sponsorship because Compassion Sunday is coming up in just over a month's time. Our guest on the program is Amy Lanham, who is uh, on her last day with uh, with Compassion. Amy, one of the interesting things I noticed when I was uh, sort of reading around the subject uh, before today um, was that Compassion is one of the top five charities for fundraising and they described it as, as the dark horse of fundraising. Um, that's, that's quite a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> um, one of the interesting parts of that statistic was that World Vision, which of course is another charity which encourages child sponsorship, is at number one. I think um, Compassion was at number four. Why is it that child sponsorship is, is so popular? Um, I think child sponsorship is popular because there's a face to to the giving that people that people make, and people want to know that they're giving to a person. Um, I'd like to think people are giving to compassion, but they're not. They're, they're giving to a child, and I think that's what makes it powerful. And in compassion's case, and I'm not sure about other organisations, you probably can, but I know in compassion's case, you can go and visit that child and meet that child face to face and know this is the difference that my giving makes. That's important, isn't it? I think that that personal, that personal touch, is something that that sets it apart, maybe from from other giving. I mean, you know, we've we've had we've had natural disasters, uh, typhoons, whatever, and people are very generous and give money, but that's a different sort of scenario to giving to an individual who you know by name and and who you know what they do. Yeah, it's very. Uh, Australians are very generous with their giving, and giving to disasters is is one of the the biggest sources of um, of donations for for Aussies, particularly disasters that happen in Australia because there's that proximity. But I think when you're giving to, to children living in poverty, it's not that we don't care; it's that it's, it's not immediately on our doorstep, or if it is, we don't see it. <laughs> um, and it's overwhelming as well. I mean, when you look at some of the statistics, and you think of you know, ninety thousand children under five dying from preventable causes every day and you just hear a statistic like that and it's just a little bit too much 
but when that can be broken down and you go, I, I can't, I can't fix all of that. But, but this one life, I can speak into this one life. I can make a significant difference in this one life. And it's, it's true. It's, it's not a, a marketing line. It's reality. <laughs> I had a boss who always used to refer to anything that, that appeared to be a huge problem. He said, all right, we'll just eat it. It's like an elephant. We'll eat it one mouthful at a time. And yeah. I guess this is a way of, of, of tackling poverty. It's interesting. We were talking, I was talking to John Beckett from Micah Challenge earlier in the program. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about their campaign to, to try and, and halve poverty by, by the end of next year. That that seems like a, that's an enormous elephant to to have to eat, but but is that is that the main issue for the children that that are sponsored by by Compassion that they are they are in grindingly poor circumstances? Uh, I mean, poverty has lots of different definitions. So what I love about the Millennium Development Goals that Micah Challenge is seeking to address, and they're really lobbying the government to to meet those goals, um, is that they've broken them down into different aspects of what contributes to poverty. So they're looking at education levels, they're looking at um, infant mortality and, and um, survival rates for mothers and education rates for mothers. Um, compassion has a, a very similar outlook. Poverty is a really complex problem. We can't just put it down to lack of money. It's very easy to think it's just lack of money. Uh, it, it's a lot more than that. It's, it's lack of options, it's lack of choices. Uh, it, it, it's living in situations where you don't have an opportunity to raise yourself up from it. And it's also a lack of hope in the way that you view yourself. So there's many Australians that live in, in poverty. There's probably times where all of us in poverty with the own way that we view ourselves. Uh, to me, I, I would say poverty is broken relationships. Um, and as a Christian, I believe it starts with a broken relationship with God and then broken relationships with each other. And what Compassion is trying to do is to have the church in the countries that we work in start to build those relationships. So I think I talked earlier about having a safety net. I mean, that church is a safety net, and as Christians, we know Christ is a safety net, but we don't uh, open our programs only to Christians. We open our programs to anyone who needs help, and so to them, they just see a whole group of people who care about them and love them and are there for them, particularly when times get tough. So so we become each other's safety nets in a way, and to me, that's, that's what's needed to, to stop to, to decrease poverty when we look at this kind of nebulous thing as a big problem. It's relationships that I really feel are the thing that needs to be strengthened to address it. What the Salvation Army referred to as the Bible with skin on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I think um, I think Tim Winton, the author Tim Winton, mentioned it's faith with sleeves rolled up. <laughs> yeah. That's... I thought that was good too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask you the same question that I asked John, John Beckett. Do you, do you think as a church we've sort of lost sight of, of poverty you know, it's we know it's there, but it's not on our priority list. I think, I think, yeah, I think in in some ways, yeah. Um, and obviously, it comes down to individuals and whether it's on an individual's priority list because church is made up of a whole heap of individuals. Um, I, I think we can get preoccupied with our own lives very easily, and that's understandable. But I mean, Christ is. I mean, we've all read Acts 1-8, and he calls us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, and he calls us to do it in all of those areas. And I think probably looking at our own church's missions, I think there's a massive importance in local missions and even um, families. Like, if you're to look at your Jerusalem, your family, and making sure that poverty isn't creeping into your family. But God actually asks us to be well-rounded as a church, I believe, and, and be balanced in the way that we view things, in the way that we give. So I think... 
we, we should be giving to our own families, our own church, our own community, but it shouldn't stop there. We should be looking further afield as well. And I think we should be prayerful too about the way that we choose to give um, because God's given us resources, resources of prayer, not just finances, uh, as we talked about earlier. And, and God can give us the capacity to care. I think he can give us the capacity to love um, in all of those areas. So, yeah, I would, I would agree with John. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for me as an individual, even as I'm just talking about this, to go, wow, do I do this enough in my own life? But that's the challenge that we all face. I, and that is a challenge, isn't it? Because it's, it's you know, we, we talk about, uh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit short this month. But actually, when we're a bit short this month, it might mean that, I don't know, maybe we don't go to the cinema or, or we don't have fast yeah. food. When some of the people that you deal with don't have enough, they actually stop eating. Yeah. 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 That's, um, you must hear all sorts of stories coming back from, from the other end about, about how, how lives have been changed by, by sponsorship like this. Mm. What, what sort of – is there like a common theme that, that comes back? The common theme that comes back that surprised me the most was the thing that changed most in the children's lives is the way they viewed themselves. Um, oh. And almost all of the children that I met um, had become Christians or, or were Christians, and um, that's, that's not a mandate of becoming registered in the program, as I mentioned before, but I think children just see the way Christians care about them and want to know why. Like, why is it that you you bother with me? <laughs> um, and to know, well, we, we bother with you because God has put worth on you the same way he's put worth on me, that we're all equal. And we just take for granted that we're all equal because <laughs> we live in a country where we're told that. But I don't think children in all the countries where compassion works are told that. And to me, that's the biggest thing is the way they view themselves is just light years apart from the, the sad little child that's often registered and that's the photo that you see, the very first photo. You look at that one and then you look at the last photo that's taken off them and you can almost see it in their faces and you, you can't, um, it's hard to measure that. I'm sure there's probably some ways that you can, but it's, it's so hard to measure hope. Um, but that's, that's the difference for me. That's a terrible thing, isn't it? That, that people feel that actually nobody really does care. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine what that feels like. I've had students tell me, I've, had, I've, I've sat there in their own countries, in their own houses, and they've told me what their lives used to be like these beautiful intelligent passionate young people and to hear about the way they were treated when they were younger and the way they were devalued and it's it's heartbreaking and I I can't wrap my head around it but for me it just galvanized me into writing more letters and to praying more and to to taking seriously what God had already given me um, looking at my own finances which aren't which aren't massive. I don't think there are many of us that can do our finances. It's a massive and can can extend to the whole world. But um, but looking at that and going, God, what what have you given me? What's in my hand that I can do? What what can I give? Um, and I think He makes up for our lack, uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we give, and it's not just the children are receiving something. We're receiving something. That's what we were put on this earth to to do. We were to be in relationship, and we were to be serving God and. And he shows us the best way to give. And the way we give is different for each person. I think each one of us needs to pray and go, God, show me how you want me to give. <laughs> I, I, and I guess you must get stories from, from this side on, on that, you know, the, 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 the effect that doing something like this has on, 
on someone's life over, over here. What, what sort of things do you get coming back from, from the sponsors? I've heard of sponsors having written to their sponsored children saying, my daughter's sick, and then they've gone to visit their sponsored child and the sponsored child's remembered and they said, I prayed for your daughter, how is she feeling, how is she doing? And you just go, wow. <laughs> These kids care. They care so much for, for their sponsors. Often what's communicated in a roughly translated letter, um, it kind of... It, it can water down the depth of feeling that's there from these sponsor kids. Like they know our name. They pray for us. Uh, I, I'm humbled to know that my sponsored children pray for me <laughs> and that's, remember things about me. <laughs> that's astonishing, isn't it? Uh, with all with all that must be going on for them to know that, yeah. That, yeah, yeah that's, um... Well, the, the thing that really impressed me was um, there was a disaster and I – I actually can't remember which disaster this was. I think it was a flood somewhere. And um, children in in the community that was affected started... Um, oh, sorry, it was children in a different community, but they knew the kids that were affected in this other one. So these were compassion children, and they didn't have very much themselves, but they went out and they raised money wow. for the other compassion children that were affected. And it was just a small amount of money, but it was, it was more... Like, to me, that, that story just... <laughs> Warms my heart because I think these kids get it. They get, hey, God has given me work. He's given me intelligence. He's, he's given me resourcefulness. He can give. We can give out of the little that we have. And that blew me away to think compassion kids are raising money for other compassion kids. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So uh, what are you actually going to do with yourself now, now that you're... Um... You've got what about uh, about five hours left with compassion. So, so <laughs> yeah. what's happening to you? Uh, well, I've been with compassion for eight years. And it's been a wonderful eight years. I love compassion ministry. Absolutely love it. Um, so I've, I'm taking up a new job as communications manager for CAP Australia, which stands for Christians Against Poverty, which is um, kind of looking at it from a different perspective. This is looking at um, Australian people who are living in poverty, and I think that's probably a little bit more subtle than the poverty I've. I've been looking at with compassion, but yeah, there's, there's, uh, I think it's one in eight Australian kids who are living in poverty, which when I heard that statistic, it kind of shocked me. So I've been a personal supporter of CAP for about four or five years now. And yeah, really looking forward to the opportunity to work with them as well. And it's very similar to compassion, I guess. It's just um, working here and it's mainly working with people who have gone through a lot of debt, credit card debt, other sorts of debt. Um, and sometimes through just no fault of their own, just life circumstances creeping up on them and feeling that they've got nowhere else to turn to. So CAP offers, offers free debt counselling and debt management for them. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, well, we'll, um, we'll, have to, we'll give you a couple of weeks to get your feet under the table and to find out where the, where the stationary cupboard is. And we'll, <laughs> we'll have to get you back and, and, uh, and have a chat with you about that. Uh, Amy, oh, thank, you, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, thank you for all that you've done with uh, Vision uh, and with compassion over the years. And uh, we wish you well as you head forward into this new excitement. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Alan. All right, take care. Bye. Bye now. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.